Before you seated, uh, if it's your very first time here to Linked Up Church, I uh, know what you're thinking. Uh, the lights made me a little lighter. <laughs> no, I'm playing. Uh, my name is Minister Vince Thomas. I am not Pastor Gregory. <laughs> and uh, I am here with the awesome opportunity to share with you the word of God on today. I don't believe the word the Lord has given me is by accident. But if you have ears to hear what the spirit of God has to say and listen to the heart of the word, I believe that today God will deposit something into you that you will not forget. Amen. So I invite you back out to hear from Pastor Gregory. He'll be back up in the pulpit on next Sunday. Uh, like you've always honored to my beautiful, the lovely Ashley, my wife. Amen. Thank God for her. Such a wonderful example of God's grace and his goodness. We had a good first service. And uh, I believe that this service will continue to build upon what the Lord desires to be said in our community today. But I want to encourage you. So I was walking up here by the spirit of God. He just wanted me to say this to someone. I know you're discouraged. I know you find, are finding it hard to really trust and to believe. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. In fact, you're just getting started. Amen. Shift your perspective today. Shift your perspective. To finish work. Amen. All right. Well, I'm not going to belabor the point because I've been ready to preach since Saturday. So, uh, so uh, shake hands with just one person. Open with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Now, I'll actually be able to go a little deeper with this service today. Um, I taught the first part of the message at the 9 a.m. service. And I'm just going to expound a little further on this lifestyle revelation the Lord shared with me some 12 years ago. And uh, it's something that I've been able to experience in my life and see in demonstration. But I've never had the opportunity or the uh, place to share this word. But it's worked. And the first time the Lord gave me the phrase that I'm going to minister today, all I owned was in a baby blue, light baby blue, rolling duffel bag. <laughs> that was it. And I remember rolling my, my life away and uh, going off to school with all that I owned and saying, God, I'm, I'm going to trust you. And to see over the last 12 years where he's brought me is humbling. But I want to share this revelation with you because I believe that this is a powerful prayer that you're going to pray. And it accompanies with it an understanding of who God desires to be in your life. I want to encourage you to go further than what religion has taught you about God. I want to encourage you to have an authentic relationship with God, a relationship for yourself and not a relationship someone told you about. I want to expand your mind to see and your spirit to comprehend not only the words that you read on the page of the word, 
but the voice of the Holy Spirit as you're reading the Bible. It's, it's so much deeper than what meets the surface. And so in Isaiah chapter 6, I'm going to set the context up before I begin reading. Isaiah was in training uh, to be a part of the temple in uh, his, his uh, Hebrew society. And it was a group of them who trained all the time. So similar to uh, going to a ministry or uh, I guess it was prophet school of the Bible, whatever they called it. He, he went and as he went, there would be times where when everyone left, it would just be Isaiah left in the temple. And Isaiah chapter 6 records an instance where after the crowd left, it was just him and God. And I want to encourage you that there's going to come a time, if it has not already in your life, where the crowds, the friends, the family, the voices, the naysayers, the yes-sayers are all going to leave. And it's just going to be you and God. And when you're inside of the presence of God, it can't help but transform your life to greater measures. Many people are afraid of God because they what, what they've heard about God. But this instance shows us God's true character when we see him face to face. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, this is Isaiah speaking, sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. Verse 3, And one cried to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Before, before I move on, there's significance in that statement. The angels who were in existence long before mankind were circling the throne of God. And as they were circling the throne of God, as you dig deeper into the text, the angels, every time they saw a new facet of God, would cry out, holy. So for thousands and even millions of years in our natural timing, they have been seeing new sides of God they had never yet seen before. And we just cry out, holy. Well, what does that mean for us today? Every time you see God for who he is, there's another side of his goodness you hadn't yet seen that he wants to show you. The word never gets old. The word never gets played out. The word never gets tired. In fact, it's alive. It's a living word. And God wants us to dig deeper, go further, not to condemn us, but to tell us he loves us and he wants to be good to us. For too long, we beat people up with the Bible. For too long, we've quote people under seats. But have we shared with them the love that God has shared with us? And so when you see a new side of God, what he does is he peels back the layers to the guards you have up in your heart. I'm sure we all know if we live long enough, there are going to be some things that disappoint us. There are going to be some things that devastate us. There are going to be some situations where we in our mind say, I'm never going to do that again. But we were never created to meet our own needs of safety. And when we try to meet our own needs for safety and protection, we become selfish. 
because you were never created to meet your own needs. We were created to be selfless. Why is that? Because our responsibility as to whatever happens, we are to take it to the presence of God and say, Lord, how would you handle this situation? I moved away from a statement that says I can't trust people. I moved away from that statement. In fact, when I first came into ministry, the person that was training and developing me, he said, you can't trust nobody. Well, I found out the people always saying they can't trust nobody are not trustworthy people. But I realized that our disposition because of how God is to us, that we should trust everyone. Watch this. But people dictate how much we trust them with. So God desires for you to go a little deeper and a little further with him because he wants to heal the secret places of your heart that you haven't told anyone about. And it's in those moments and it's in those times with God that he's able to peel back our facade, our Instagram filters, our religious post, and get down to the heart of who we are. But it's only for the purpose of building us up. You may ask, why do people sin? I don't believe people sin because they're bad people. I believe people sin because they're hurting people. Just like you can't run on a broken leg, it's impossible to love a broken heart. And so inside of your relationship with the Lord, he wants to heal that heart, which will take care of the bad habits. Have you realized your habits are more of a coping mechanism that they trigger when you're stressed? No matter how much praying you do, if you're constantly stressed, you're going to go back to bad habits to try to escape the pressure. So it's only, it's only in those times with the Lord where he's like, give me that problem. I can handle it better than you can. Give me that situation. I can handle it better than you can. And so when we go into the presence of God, we too will notice his glory across the entire earth. It says, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. The mere fact that he was able to be in the presence of God is a sign of God's goodness. None of us, including myself, deserve God to be with us. That's even after we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We still don't deserve it. So the fact that he's with us, the fact that he said in Hebrews 13 and 5, he'd never leave or forsake us, is a sign of him being good to us. It's a sign that the most important person in the universe desires to love us. Desires to be for us, to be on our side. But I want you to notice what happened with Isaiah. The moment he experienced God's goodness, he began to give God excuses on why he should not be good to him. In fact, I want to encourage you this, with this. God wants to be so good to you that you'll feel like you're sinning because it's so good. Because you're saying to yourself, oh, I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy. The fact that you're lying to yourself, because that's not the word that God is saying about you. 
In fact, before you even thought about him, he already thought about you with his son, Jesus Christ. And so if that didn't move God to move away from you back when you were his enemy, how much more when you accept him will he be willing to work with you all the days of your life? So you are not in danger of losing Jesus because Jesus found you and he doesn't lose what he finds. With everything that is within me, I pray I can live every single day of my life telling to the entire world that God loves them. And I'm not talking about a love that is temperamental, and I'm not talking about with a human love, but God loves you. If you just thought for one moment about the time when you realized you needed Jesus, that wasn't you saying that you needed Jesus. It was God's love in your worst moment saying that I am still here for you. And some of us remember in those dark hours, some of us remember in those dark days when we we realized people forsook us, when we realized we were by ourselves, that somehow there was a peace that passed all understanding, that surrounded our heart and mind, that let us know that we are going to be all right because God has given us the victory through Jesus Christ. And I am tired. Let me tell you, I am tired of people trying to send folks to a hell Jesus set them free from. So Isaiah had to get his sin consciousness out of his mind. God desires to be good to you every single step of every single day. God does not have love. God is love. So the moment he stops loving you is the moment he stops ceasing to be God. But there's a reason that he loves us. There's a reason he sent his son to die and pay the once and for all sacrifice for us. It wasn't for us to live any old kind of way. It wasn't for us to disrespect the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It wasn't for us to tell him why he shouldn't have did it. I just don't know why you did it. Thank God you did. Stop. Keep reading. So after he said, because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of unclean people, after he tried to give God a reason to not be good to him, uh, he said, my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Verse six. Then one of them seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongs of the altar. Now, that's significant because. The sacrifice was poured over the coals on the altar. So what the angel did was he took the result of the sacrifice and put it in his mouth. So the only thing we ever need to say is what Jesus did for us. Not our sin. Because the more we talk about our sin, the more we repeat it. The more we talk about what Jesus did, the more we line up our confession to look the same way he looked. Always thinking about your sin limits your trajectory. Because faith is connected to you believing that you're righteous. For the just shall live by faith. It's not that Satan is after your faith. 
Satan is after the truth that you're made righteous. Because when something hits us, he wants us to believe we deserve that. Fact of the matter is, your life is all about getting good things you didn't deserve. So if you can settle in your mind once and for all that what Jesus did was better than anything that I could do and stronger than anything I could ever mess up. Your sin is not stronger than Jesus' body and blood on the cross. Because if you were stronger than God, you would be God. So whatever God says, that's it. You know this statement? God said it, I believe it, that settles it. No, God said it, that settles it. You got to figure out whether or not you're going to believe it. And he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Watch this. Your iniquity is taken away because of what was poured on that coal. Your sins have been removed, purged because of what was on that coal. Who was on that coal? Jesus. Here it is. Verse 8. So we're not just saved just to shout, fall out, wake back up, shout some more, pass out again, get a lap cloth. Wake up. Thank you, Jesus. That is not why we were saved. We were saved for this right here. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Jesus, in the prayer that he prayed for the disciples, Some people call it the Lord's Prayer. We more so call it the Disciples' Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. So because God finished the work in heaven, who is going to represent us to complete the work on earth? And so after Isaiah received that word, saw with his eyes. It's very important now that you note that he had an experience with God. Why is that? Because someone can read you something. Someone can say something that sounds nice. I could even get up here and lie a little something. But when you have an experience for yourself, when you've seen God do things for you that you couldn't do for yourself, When you think about where you were on a Saturday night and a Sunday morning and the fact that you're sitting right here today, the fact that you hit play instead of your ratchet playlist right now listening to this, you know God has done a work within you. And when you think about that, my wife said something that was just so amazing. She's actually the spiritual one of the marriage. I'm here. My wife said something else. She said, God would be unfair if our best days were behind us. God would be unfair if what we dreamed was all we'd ever see. But the reason why we don't walk in those dreams, 
The reason why we don't activate everything that's on the inside of us is because we don't believe we're good enough. We say, well, I'll get my life together next year. If you could have got your life together, you would have got it together by now. But let me tell you something. All of us are a work in process. And I thank the Lord in the New Testament where he said, thanks be to God who's counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. So he went ahead and gave me a little extra credit on myself, not because of me, but because of Jesus. And he said, but I am confident that he who has begun that work in you, I want to talk to someone in here this morning that whatever God has started in you, I don't care how long it has been. I don't care how much you think it's over, but God is going to complete every single thing that he's called you to do through you. But you got, we've got, we, we have to get a hold of this. That it's not about, I want to be used by God. God, use me. Use me till there ain't nothing left. Use me. No, no, that, that, that sounds abusive. It does. Let him use you. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> That's all right. Not about God use me, but Lord, cultivate my heart so I'm usable. God, talk to me in ways that only you can talk to me. Heal me in ways that only you can heal me. Cause me to do things that, get this, I can only do when your power works through me. So we're not doing works for God, we're allowing God to do works through us. And God has called us as a church, individually, collectively, and across the world as the body of Christ. He has called us for a very reason and a very purpose. And, and the reason why he's doing this is because he wants to take our minds off of what is temporary, off of what is changing. He wants to take our minds off the backbiting, the envy, the strife, the negative talk, the complaining, the murmuring, and set them above him who is the author and finisher of our faith. And as we're setting our mind on things which are eternal, we realize that out of the entire history of creation, this is the only moment that you will ever have a chance to leave your footprint on this earth. God will not make another you. You are the only person that is you that he will ever create. And he puts you in this time. He puts you in this reason. Even if you weren't planned for it by your parents, you didn't catch God by surprise. God still has a plan for your life. And the fact that he's created you means he He's giving you what it takes to complete it. Hallelujah. So we got to stop telling God and giving him excuses on why we can't. The greatest fear we have is take, in taking the first step. That's the toughest part. But if you take the first step, you realize that God has already been in tomorrow and he's here to help you today. That God has already seen, not only is he Jehovah Jireh, it means he sees, but not only does he see, but he provides in advance. Some of us in here are not walking in our harvest because we won't step forward. Ephesians 1.3, God has blessed you 
with all spiritual blessing. You, everybody say me. me. Why are you lying on your blessing? I'm not good enough. Lie. I'm not strong enough. Lie. I'm not smart enough. Lie. You lying on your blessing. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 says, when he's weak, when we're weak. See, when you feel like you don't have nothing left, now you're ready to start because you got all that pride out the way. You didn't try all your go-tos. You didn't try everything that you know to try. And it didn't work. Move all that out the way and say, here am I. Send me. All God is looking for is your availability. And everyone has time for something. But if all we have is a hammer, then everything looks like a nail. So in our mind, when we hear God is looking for us, we immediately think about the four or five departments we had back at our old church. And I don't have time to hush. I don't have time to sing. I don't have time to intercess. <laughs> so I can't do nothing. No, 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 no. Where are you? You have time to be where you are. God has gifted you where you are. God has given you influence where you are. You don't even realize the people who are looking to you because you stop looking within yourself. It's time to come back. Time to stand back up. It's time to believe again. You are not disqualified. In fact, the ones who feel disqualified are the most qualified because they know it. It ain't me. So if I could encourage you, stop giving God a reason as to why you can't and say, because of you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There are businesses in here. There are ministries in here. Will you leave this earth? And bury that grace in the ground. Heaven is eternal. And I don't want to go by myself. I don't want people I love to miss out. And I don't want people I love to not know God loves stand. I just believe with all my heart that right now the Lord is talking to people in this room. I believe with all my heart. No more words need to be said. It's time for us to act. It's more than just having a mental ascent, like, mm, good word, good word, good word. But God wants us to respond to his grace 
right now. So if you're in here today, especially the ones who didn't even feel like coming today and you came, then it started raining and you just got your head did and you came. <laughs> Talking to you. There's a call on your life. You can't run from it. No matter where you go, that calling is going to come out. If you're called to help people, you can be painting sidewalks and just happen to pray with people walking by. That calling is going to come out. Stop running. Stop, stop running from your calling. Stop running from what God is leading you to do. There's a harvest on the other side of your obedience. Not that God is withholding it, but you won't walk in it. So I want to pray with every head bowed and every eye closed. I really want to pray for people who are unsure or don't believe that they're born again. I want you to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior.